Hi, I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the second season of Lamplighters Podcasts. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. No matter who you are or where you are, no matter the time or experience you've had following Jesus, or if you haven't had any experience at all, we are grateful to be on this journey with you and look forward to becoming more of who God created us to be. Okay, let's start by reviewing what we've learned about the Holy Spirit so far. Okay. okay. Yep. First of all, He is a person, not a disembodied ectoplasm, not Casper the ghost, not a thing. Mm-hmm. He's a real person. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is God, an equal member of the Trinity, along with the Father and the Son, and that means He has all the attributes of the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is He's mysterious, but He plays lots of roles in creation and history in our own lives, okay? So this week, we're going to talk about names. Lynn, have you ever thought about names, about why we name things or how important they are or whatever? Actually, the older I get, I think the more I appreciate the significance of a name. Mm -hmm. I had my first child at 23 and my second at 26, and I love their names still to this day, but I can tell you I only was thinking about what sounded pretty. I was not thinking about anything more than that. I thought about monograms. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And now I understand that a name can really have so much more meaning and significance. And it should probably be treated with a little more respect when doling out than I than I did, <laughs> um, you know, because it it a name can have a significant things attached to it. Sure. Um, I also believe that a name can have negative or burdensome effects just as easily as it can positive ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you just think of you know the names that children call each other just to be mean. Yes, names certainly have power. They can reveal personality. They tend to shape and form us, and mm-hmm. so they are really important. In Africa, what's interesting is a child is not named for at least a week to 10 days, oh. and it's a communal decision what wow. the child's going to be named. Well, that's it's a, a very, scary. <laughs> it's a very different uh, <laughs> yeah. culture, right? But in our family growing up, names were not just for people. We, we had the very peculiar habit of naming almost everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, horses and dogs and cats and fish and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we even named our cars. Okay. And to this day, the car I drive has a name. I'm not sharing it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, When I think of names, though, generally, I think of people first. Mm -hmm. And to me, names are important because they indicate a relationship. And they indicate something about that relationship, Mm -hmm. both positive and negative, as you pointed out, it could be. But for example, my husband's name is Harold Skaggs, Jr., Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad was Harold Skaggs Sr., so mm-hmm. he grew up with a nickname. Mm-hmm. And I can always tell the relationship uh, with someone who uses that nickname, yeah. or at least the time period in which they knew him. Um, another example is my own daddy had a nickname for me, and he is the only person in the world who did or could use it. Until one day, my husband called me by that nickname, and he had never heard my dad use it. Mm -hmm. So I just took that as an indication from the Holy Spirit that there was uh, a special, sweet, intimate, loving relationship here. Mm -hmm. It's the same when God calls us beloved. Uh, That name indicates how precious we are to Him. And the Holy Spirit is the one who draws us into that intimate relationship with our Father. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so I had been thinking about names and the power of names for a bit and decided to do a little bit of informal field research. You know that that's my favorite thing. It's just to go around asking me questions Mm -hmm. about stuff. Uh, True confession, I, I started with the aforementioned sweet husband, and I asked him about names, specifically about the Holy Spirit, which led us into what I would term a lively conversation. Mm -hmm. Had you been noticing it, it might have been an argument, but (laughs) we'll say lively conversation. And that went on for a while until he finally asked a question. He said, why name the Holy Spirit? Hmm. He doesn't need a name. He just is and he does. Okay. Uh, And I guess, actually, that is the point. The names of the Holy Spirit point to his functions. In other words, what his job is and how he goes about it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one of the Spirit's names this week is the Spirit of Life. Mm-hmm. That is his name, but it also indicates his function. The Spirit creates, gives, sustains life, and without him there is no life, physical or spiritual uh, it's, this name is very closely related to the breath of God, which is one of my favorite images of the Holy Spirit, and I think we're going to look at that next week, mm-hmm. so I'll leave it for there. But just know that the Spirit of life uh, doesn't give just any life. He gives new life, a different kind of life. It's His own life, mm-hmm. the life of fellowship with the Father and the Son. And the other wonderful thing about it is He doesn't just give us life and move on. He remains in us to make that life blossom and flourish. He Mm. is the God who lives in us. Now, according to uh, Dallas Willard, I read something last summer. It said his aim, God's aim for us, is to become different in our inmost being. In other words, we're not just learning to be nicer versions of our old selves. Mm. The, The Holy Spirit is not about making us new and improved. He really is about creating God's own life in us, and that means transformation, and that means we cannot do it without Him. Yeah. So we're going to study this aspect of the Spirit a little bit more in Lesson 7. But for today, I want us to think about how the names of the Spirit in this lesson are intertwined. The Spirit of life, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of truth. Okay, so... You've defined life as both physical and spiritual. Mm -hmm. How do you define truth and wisdom? Well, let's start with truth. Uh, We're going to define it, but not as the world defines it. Um, The world today has made truth subjective and individual. Um, It's just me and myself and what I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think the enemy loves to get us wrapped up in defining truth in our own individual way because it divides us. Mm -hmm. What I believe, what I think, what I know for a fact um, is truth, and you can't dispute it because it's my truth, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So there's no higher standard of truth today than myself. Now, at first, that may seem a little attractive, right? A little tempting because you get to decide. Mm -hmm. You get to be in control. But it's actually kind of frightening if you tragic. think about yeah, it. It's yes, tragic. exactly. Uh, I was brought up short this summer when a friend of mine defined the spirit of the world mm-hmm. or worldliness, as Paul says so often, 
is that which makes sin appear normal. Mm. That which makes sin appear normal. And in our culture, having me define my own personal truth appears normal. Mm-hmm. That's sin, right? Right. So if, if you can't define truth yourself, just subjective and how you want to do it, where, where do we find truth? I grew up, and when I was in, going through my college years, that was kind of the first of the relative truth stages that we entered. And I was very confused by that. Mm-hmm. And when I had my head on with the Holy Spirit, I've told you this st- story before. Uh, one of the first things I learned was that there was truth. Oh, yeah. And it was not relative. And I could know it, and I could rely on it, because it wasn't going to change. Mm. Now, Why? Why was that true? It's because God, because He is God, gets to define truth. In other words, what is real, what is accurate, what's correct, settled, never changing, how you ever you want to define that, that's what God gets to do because He's God. But here's the thing. He wants us to know the truth. Mm-hmm. It is not hidden. Mm-hmm. And that's why we read and study the Bible. Yeah, It's God's Word. When we do that, the the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, opens our eyes and our hearts and our minds to that truth in Scripture. And then the Spirit of life brings to life whatever the Spirit of truth is revealing to us. Okay, that's a little heady. Let's use a real example. Good. Yeah, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. But just know that I'm not asking you a question I haven't asked myself. Okay. All right? So have you ever come to a lesson— or a quiet time, or you've been reading scripture, when everything is just flat. (laughs) It's like a chore. It doesn't speak to you. You feel like you've read the same thing about a hundred times and you're not getting anything out of it. Oh, (laughs) yes. The truth (laughs) of this is, of course, that happens. It happens more often than I probably would like to admit. Yeah. And there are times when it happens that I just have gotten so frustrated and angry that I've just walked away and just convinced that I just didn't even need to hear what God was saying to me, which was not a prouder moment. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens to me too, unfortunately, rather more frequently than I would like to admit. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly almost every week when we're putting together these podcasts. Right, right. I get distracted real easily, mm-hmm. and uh, it's hard to be still yeah. and to wait for the Holy Spirit to bring God's Word to life. So this is what I've learned is I can't force it. Yeah, I can't force it. I have to listen first, and eventually the Spirit will reveal God's Word to me and make it come alive. But it, it involves some patience and self-control on my part. Which is completely countercultural because exactly. everything we do is on a timeline and a schedule and you've got an end goal. I mean, there's nothing in, in this world about just being still and quiet and waiting. Exactly. So how then does the spirit of wisdom intertwine with these two? Okay, I love this. Um, years ago, someone defined knowledge for me, in other words, truth, if mm-hmm. you want to translate it that mm-hmm. way, knowledge as the garnering of God's mind. And wisdom as the application of that knowledge. Okay. So knowledge is the garnering of God's mind. Wisdom is the application of that knowledge. 
In other words, the spirit of truth reveals. Mm -hmm. The spirit of life makes God's word come alive to us. But it is the spirit of wisdom that gives us the conviction and the direction and the strength to follow God's word in our everyday lives. In other words, he shows us how to live and how to make right and wise choices. Yeah, because you can have knowledge and not do anything with it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that whole business of about life, truth, and wisdom, it's the great trifecta, mm-hmm. you know. The Holy Spirit brings truth to light, makes it come alive, and shows us how to live into it. Hmm. Okay, so here's the question I frequently ask myself, and I frequently get asked by other people, mm-hmm. right? How do I know something is from the Holy Spirit, or if it's just myself or the world talking? How do you know, Lynn? It's the Holy Spirit. Well, for me, the very first thing I have to do is check my gut. (laughs) And what I mean by that is what is my personal motivation in this conversation that I'm having with the Holy Spirit? Am I trying Hmm. to be in control and manipulate an outcome and in doing so attribute it to the Holy Spirit when it's really just my desire? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's embarrassing to admit, but, you know, I have some control issues that you know by now. (laughs) Don't we uh, all? Yeah. And if I am convinced that I'm not trying to be in control, then I can listen freely for that voice of the Holy Spirit. And what I've learned over my life is that what the Holy Spirit wants me to do is never perfectly aligned with what I want to do. I always have to make some sort of adjustment Mm -hmm. because his way, even though it's different than my way, is always going to be the better, the best way, not the better way, the best way of doing it. Exactly. Well, I'm imagining you being awake in bed early in the morning, being real still and quiet and listening for that still small (laughs) voice. That's what I think of when I think of you. Yes. Uh, And I appreciate the fact that you said you checked your gut You know, the Holy Spirit works in many, many different ways, and He works through head and through heart and through gut. Mm -hmm. Now, I am one of those who is almost always in my head, Mm -hmm. so I tend to look for the Spirit's leading in my mind. For example, like random thoughts that clearly did not come from me. Right. You know, somebody's name comes to mind, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, I hadn't thought about her in a long time, Mm -hmm. or Scripture verses Uh, the Holy Spirit's vocabulary using Scripture is one of the ways the Spirit uses to guide me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's something someone has said or something that I have read. Um, So it's mostly in my head. Occasionally, the Spirit will lead me by putting something on my heart that just Mm -hmm. will not go away. Mm -hmm. For me, those are almost always invitations to prayer for somebody or about a certain situation. Mm -hmm. But it's just something that I cannot ignore. Yeah. But unlike you, if something comes through my gut, (laughs) I put the brakes on. Uh I am just inherently suspicious of feelings and emotions. And it's not that the Spirit can't lead that way because He does. It's just that for me, I kind of hold up when I'm feeling a really strong emotion. Mm -hmm. So I'm the one who dithers. I'm I'm the one who says, okay, Lord, well, maybe I should just pray about this more. Or... Would you just send me a confirming sign? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out this fleece, you know, to make sure this is what you want me to do. And I will dither along like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
One of the ways that I know how much I dither is that the aforementioned sweet husband, who I seem to be mentioning a lot in this podcast, uh, he's the exact opposite. I assume if I have an idea or something's coming to me that it's either myself or the world doing it. Mm -hmm. He is the opposite. He assumes when he gets an idea or is prompted to take an action that it's the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. asking him to. Yeah. So he is exquisitely sensitive, and he hardly ever hesitates to follow through. Sometimes he'll make a mistake, but rarely. Right. You know, if he were a horse, would say he had a soft mouth. Yeah. 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 He's easily directed and led. So, and that's the beauty, actually, of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, is yeah. that when you take that step of obedience, you get further light. Yeah. So you take a step of obedience, the Spirit gives you just enough light for the next step, and you keep going on. So whether you are a natural doubter like me or a joyful responder like my husband, you can be sure of this. The Holy Spirit will never lead us to do something contrary to God's word or God's will. Mm. He will never lead us to do something that is contrary to his nature. Mm -hmm. And his nature is revealed through those names. Yeah. That's one of the reasons knowing those names are so important. The Holy Spirit will always lead us toward life and truth and wisdom because he always leads us toward Christ. So that's how we really know. Well, I love that, Jan, because it's a great litmus test. Um, If it's contrary to God's word, to God's name, then it's going to be contrary to his will. And what I love about this whole thing that you talked about is to me, it just points out the individual individuality of mm-hmm. each of us and how God created us. I mean, you listen to your head. I listen to my gut. I'm guessing your husband probably listens to his heart. That's probably more what his, his I have no reaction idea is. is. <laughs> but, but none of them is wrong, mm-hmm. and they're right for each one of us. Yeah. Like whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has given us is our right thing. So it's it's important, I think, to that's why it's so important to to know how the Holy Spirit speaks to you mm-hmm. and to not think, oh, well, I don't, that must not be the Holy Spirit because I didn't hear it in my head like Jan does. Yeah. You know, to to trust that you, you've built that relationship with the Holy Spirit and it's personal. And, and that's, yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, it's also why we need the body of Christ is because I can come up with something that I think is just absolutely Spirit's leading me to do. And I run uh-huh. it past you and you're listening with your gut and you're saying, yeah, that seems right. Or mm, maybe we should think about that some more, yeah. Jan. So it's yeah. it, the Spirit knows what he ne- we need. Mm-hmm. He knows how to lead each of us. And mm-hmm. he's given us each other as that check, Yeah, you know, that some of us are always asking for. <laughs> right, right. All right, well, we've come to that time when we leave our listeners with something to think about mm-hmm. for the next mm-hmm. week. Um, I'd like for us to spend a little time thinking about the names of God. Very obvious. What is your favorite name for God and why? Okay, I'm going to tag on to that and ask a what may be harder question. Mm-hmm. And that is, what is your least favorite name of God? Mm. The one that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I, I just ask that you spend some time pondering why. Because, as we said earlier, names indicate relationships And you might learn something about your relationship with God by meditating on His names that make you a little bit more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If I were 
a betting woman, I'd be willing to bet that that uncomfortable name is where your growth plate is going to be this year. Yes, I think (laughs) you're probably right. (laughs) Okay, until next time.